Today's episode of Locked On Box is brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful diamond ring launching exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com. This exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launches on January 18th and you can preview it exclusively at BlueNile.com. Welcome to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I'm quasi host Justin Garcia in for Kane today. And there's a lot to get to on the show today. The Bucks with a big win in Denver, taking down the Nuggets, a place where they had lost 12 of their last 15 games. And it makes the first half of this road trip an overwhelming success. We had talked about it, we being myself, and hopefully you heard it on uh, any of the number of shows I've been on. But one of the things we brought up was the importance of those two games against the Cleveland Cavaliers and closing things out the way you did being the difficulty of the road trip that was still in front of you. And these four games that you had coming up against the Denver Nuggets, where, as we mentioned, you lost 12 of 15 times in Denver. The Phoenix Suns on that schedule as well. Phoenix is another place where the Bucks historically have not played very well. A 24-game losing streak in there just a, a couple of years ago before winning five of six, but they've lost two in a row there in Utah where the Bucks just never win. 27 of 30 that they've lost in Utah, including a 17-game win streak. So those two wins against the Cavs gave you some more equity and gave you some breathing room where you knew, worst-case scenario, the Bucks only need to win one of those final four games on this road trip to at least have a 500 road trip. And now you can get greedy and go for a winning road trip. But one of the things that I had talked about on my show following the game tonight was where does this win stack up compared to some other wins and games in general that we've seen from the Bucks this season? I think the fact that they won the game is going to make us say this was one of the better games they had played this season. It's certainly one of the more enjoyable games. It's still right up there with those games against the Brooklyn Nets and the Boston Celtics, albeit losses. But I think there was a lot of positive takeaways from this game as well, which we'll get to here over the course of the show. A number of things we can point out, the way that the second unit played, it's something that Coach Budenholzer touched on before the game and continues to bring up every time we talk to him, the bench. And you've heard Brent Forbes talk about the way that that bench is starting to gel. A number of guys, DJ Augustine has talked about it too. I had often thrown out that 25 or 30 figure where it's going to take 25 to 30, maybe even more, given that it's just a unique year. But it's going to take a lot of time for this team to really settle into place. And it's one of the things when I was on with Kane last time, we talked about after those losses to the Nuggets and the Pelicans, and then you bounce back winning two in a row. 
against the Pacers and uh, against the Portland Trailblazers, at that point I still didn't know that we could say that lost weekend in New Orleans and Charlotte, that was where the Bucks turned things around. Maybe it is, and maybe we will end up saying that. But I still think we need to give ourselves some leeway here because this is such a unique year where we may still see more of a filling out process. But what's encouraging is the defense continues to get better as the game goes on. And that second unit just continues to gel and look more and more comfortable on the floor. We've spent a lot of time talking about Bren Forbes and he really being the biggest one there. But tonight, it was everybody's All-American, Torrey Craig, the guy that everybody really wanted to see inserted into the rotation and play a big role for this team. Torrey Craig played a huge role for the Bucks in this victory. So that's something we'll get to on the show as well. But I want to start with the third quarter and what we saw from the Bucks in that third because there was a number of plays and a number of moments, really, in that quarter where things could have gone south for the Bucks. They went into halftime trailing. And the Bucks' record this season when they trail at the half isn't great. I believe their first win came over the weekend against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Other than that, if the Bucks are trailing at halftime, they haven't won this season. So down by three at the half, not really an insurmountable margin there that we're talking about, but still trailing by three. It's a place where you have historically struggled. You could see where things could go south in a hurry. Instead, we see the Bucks open up the quarter on fire. A 15 to nothing run just a couple of minutes into the quarter to put them in front by nine. And where things really got interesting for me was after that 15 to nothing run. It seemed like in no time, the Nuggets made it a one-point game. They followed it up with a 10 to 2 run of their own. There was a stretch where they scored seven straight points, and Nikola Jokic was huge in that stretch and it was at that point that you felt as though all right you're going to have to see how the bucks respond to this they may be on the ropes here and i'm going to be curious to see what this team does in this face of adversity and that it kind of goes back to what pat Connaughton had said just a couple of days ago about you know the last two years when we faced moments like that and we faced adversity it was too late to put in any type of new plan and figure things out not that you're going to compare the playoffs to a stretch in the third quarter of regular season game number 24, but the Bucks were facing the same thing there, where you just go on this 15 to nothing run. Not only do you jump in front, but you push your lead to the brink of double digits. And then, oh, by the way, here comes Denver. And in the blink of an eye, it goes from 9 to 1. Bucks scored 14 of the final 24 points in that quarter. Bobby Portis with some big baskets in that stretch, too. And Brent Forbes, who just continues to shoot the lights out. And instead of this game really teetering on the edge of collapse or even going back into the fourth quarter and losing that lead, the Bucks took a five-point lead into the fourth quarter. So they go from uh, trailing at the half to in front by five going into the fourth. And it was the third quarter that really proved to be huge for the Bucks. And I point out the third quarter. Because it's one of the things that Coach Budenholzer spent quite a bit of time talking about when we had a chance to talk with him before the game. This team is starting to play a lot better in third quarters. And that was really one of the staples of Bud, his first two years here in Milwaukee as coach of the Bucks, where a lot of it is, look, this is just who the team is overall, but I think there are some takeaways to take from the Bucks' metrics in those quarters. The last two years... 
The Bucks' defensive rating in just that quarter alone, the third quarter, last year they had the top-rated defense with a defensive rating of 102.3. Bud's first year here, it was 105.8, which was the second-highest defensive rating in all the NBA. Their net rating was second and third in those two years as well. So the offense was great in the third quarter two years ago. Last year it was 10th. Well, what we've noticed this year, and again, it's kind of similar to what we've seen from the Bucks on the season overall, but coming into play tonight, the Bucks in the third quarter, offense wasn't the issue. Third highest offensive rating in just the third quarter of games at 122.5. The issue for the Bucks in those games was the defense. 113.1 was their defensive rating in third quarters of games. Now, because the offense was so good, still had the third highest net rating. Uh, but defense, 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 defense was the area the Bucks really needed to improve. And look, we've seen, and Kane and I talked about this over the weekend as well, we've seen the Bucks' defense steadily improve now through the course of the season. How much of that, and especially the recent bump that we've seen from this team, how much of that has to do with the fact that Hey, by the way, you just got to play the 30th rated offense in the Cleveland Cavaliers two straight games. Well, remains to be seen. But what's most encouraging is in the third quarter, we're starting to see some changes now for this Bucks team and for this defense where there feels like they're getting closer to where they were the last two years. I don't think I finished the point, but a 20th rated defense, 113.1 20th rated defense in the league for the Bucks in the third quarter this season, which is just not what we're accustomed to seeing from this team. What you've seen now during this five-game win streak is the Bucks are just blowing teams away in the third quarter. 90 defensive rating. Only the Minnesota Timberwolves have been better, who are 1-4 in those five games. But only the Minnesota Timberwolves have been better defensively in the third quarter during this stretch dating back to February 1, so a week ago. The Bucks have a defensive rating of 90. The Lakers, who have the best defense in the NBA, are 97.9. And the offense is up to 134.6 rating. So a plus 44.6 net rating, which is nearly twice as high as the next highest team. Again, we're just talking about a 12-minute segment here when looking at the quarter. But it is encouraging to see 25-ish games into the season a 25, 30, somewhere in that range is where I think a lot of us assumed this is where the team would start to find its footing. I think the fact that we're seeing the defense steadily improve in that third quarter especially, we're seeing the Bucks play better in that quarter where oftentimes that's where they would come out and put teams away with the way that they played in those quarters. They're starting to resemble their old selves now. And that, to me, is the biggest sign that this team is starting to figure it out. And if we want to keep that five-game stretch and not just look at the third quarter, which a 90 defensive rating is just absurd, especially in the offensive-crazed version of the NBA that we are watching now. But if we just want to examine overall this win streak by the Bucks, they have a 103.9 defensive rating in these five games, 124.5 on the offense. So the offense is performing better than we've seen season as a whole, slightly better, but the defense is 103.9 and as we mentioned, they were around 113 for most of this season. So the defense is starting to figure things out. Second best net rating during that stretch only or excuse me, the best 
ahead of the Utah Jazz and Los Angeles Lakers, both teams that are 4-0 during this same stretch. So Bucks defense is starting to find its footing. The bench is getting more and more comfortable, and that's one of the things we had kept going back to uh, during the course of the first two weeks or so of the season. And really, I, I guess we could say the first month of the season, that it's going to take some time. And it's going to be a little different than we're used to seeing because in so many years past, there were just minor changes to this Bucks team. It was just minor tinkering when you think about bringing in Wesley Matthews, which proved to be much more than minor, but bringing in Wesley Matthews, bringing in guys like Robin Lopez, that was it. You had the core that remained in place. Now it's drastic changes where it's Drew Holiday that's coming in. And as we talked about time and time again here, uh, trying to figure out how do we adjust things now? Because Drew likes to do things this way. Eric Bledsoe did things this way. How does that relate to our schemes? Some of the things that Drew Holiday has brought with him and imparted on this team, that's another thing to keep in mind when we talk about the learning curve and how much it's going to take in terms of time for this team to get up to speed in that bench, too. It's almost entirely new. Dante was a part of the bench last year. Now he's in the starting lineup. George Hill was a big part of that bench. He's gone. So, so many changes that it's taking uh, time to get used to and work through this if you're the Bucks. But so far, certainly encouraging what we're seeing. Haven't even mentioned the biggest performance from tonight's game, and that was unquestionably Chris Middleton and, and the growth that we continue to see from Chris Middleton this season. Uh, I think one thing probably jumped out to all of us watching this game tonight, and that was the usage for Chris Middleton, his usage rate tonight. Uh, just the way that he was used, it's kind of what we expected and what you had to figure would be the case with no Drew Holiday, which we haven't even gotten to that either as the health and safety protocols finally come their way to Milwaukee. So it remains to be seen uh, what the status is of Drew Holiday. It doesn't sound as though he was going to make the trip to Phoenix against the Suns. You don't want to speculate on what that means for the remainder of this trip or really extending beyond that. But uh, we knew with no Drew Holiday, it was going to mean needed more from Giannis, you needed more from Chris, and you needed more from somebody else. Well, the Bucks got more from Chris, and they got a whole lot more from all of the starters in general. So I want to spend some time talking about the performance tonight from Chris Middleton and a couple of other nuggets that we saw from Giannis and the closers on the floor tonight for the Bucks in this victory. Well, just because the NFL season has come to an end doesn't mean we can't find ways to bet with our friends at Bet Online. NFL season, Super Bowl, it may be passed, but there is still sporting events that we are navigating through and Major League Baseball on the horizon. We're going to have the NCAA tournament in no time. The top games, they're all out there. Are plenty of options for you to bet on with our friends at betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN and you'll get a 50% bonus as we mentioned this is the time to get in sure the nfl playoffs and super bowl are gone but we got march madness on the horizon we're going to have nba playoff games you got the nhl back in swing before you know it major league baseball will be here as well don't sit on the sidelines get in on the action don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50 percent welcome bonus with your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook expert All right, so Chris Middleton, uh, the job that Chris Middleton did in this game against the Nuggets, 29 points, 
eight rebounds, a career-high 12 assists. He had three steals. Chris Middleton made all the winning plays for the Bucs tonight, and Chris Middleton just seemed to be that steady hand for the Bucs throughout the game, facilitating, setting his guys up. The two feeds that he had to Giannis especially, but I think the biggest play came that shot that Chris Middleton hit that uh, pushed the Bucks lead up to 118 to 108, putting them up by 10 with uh, about two minutes remaining. Chris Middleton continued to hit big shots. He continued to make things difficult for the Nuggets defense against him. And I know it's much been talked about and written about the usage for Chris Middleton. And really, if we look at this win streak, what jumps out to you is Chris Middleton, the numbers have gone up now because of tonight's game. But during the course of this five-game win streak, Chris Middleton and Giannis have far and away played the most minutes of anybody on the team. 156 for Giannis, 148 for Chris Middleton. Giannis has taken 82 shots in this five-game win streak. Chris Middleton is second, and coming into tonight, he was fourth. 55 shots that Chris Middleton has taken in these five games. He's averaging 11 field goal attempts per game, which for a player at the efficiency rate that Chris Middleton has been at this season is just absurdly low, and especially when you factor in. I mentioned he was around fourth or fifth in the previous four games for this win streak. Uh, His offensive load tonight certainly boosted him up, but Chris has 52 field goal attempts. Bobby Portis has 52, virtually identical to Chris Middleton. Brent Forbes has 47. So does Dante DiVincenzo. Drew Holiday's at 46, and he didn't even play in one of those games. All of these guys getting more shots and eating more than Chris Middleton, I think more than anything, it just speaks to the type of player that Chris Middleton is, that if we go back to free agency year of Chris Middleton and when it was very divisive over whether or not the Bucks should have retained him and paid as much money, I should say, not so much retained him, but is he worth this amount of money? One of the things I kept saying, whenever anybody would point out the Bucks shouldn't have paid Chris this or the Bucks should have done this, was point out to me who that second guy is. If it's not going to be Chris Middleton, it's got to be somebody else. So number one, who is that guy? Who is the other option you're going to bring in instead of Chris Middleton? But also, who is that guy who is going to assume the role as your number two, is going to take a second you know, backseat to Giannis Adetokounmpo here, who is going to be fine with playing within the system and not necessarily having offensive packages drawn up for him, who is going to be fine with bringing it on the defensive end, and who is going to be fine with knowing going into free agency that summer, he may average 19, 18 points a game, whatever, and he's not necessarily going to be putting up all-star type of numbers. So not only find me that second guy, but find me that second guy who's going to embrace that and be fine with that and yet still be ready to step up during the biggest moments. Think back to the playoff series where I know nobody played particularly well outside of Malcolm Brogdon in that series against the Toronto Raptors. But throughout that playoffs, Chris Middleton was incredible. And we saw it certainly again last year against Miami. Chris Middleton just brings it at the biggest moments. Right now, Chris Middleton with this start is on pace to be the first player to average 20 points or more, six rebounds or more, and six assists or more in a season while doing a 50-40-90 first player to do that since Larry Bird did it. Right now, 52% from the field, 45% on three-pointers, 94% at the free-throw line. All three of those are career highs, and so is the uh, six assists per game 
that he is averaging this season as well. So Chris has been as good as you had hoped for. And again, not only the decision to pay him, which it was no decision. The Bucks had to do it. But I think what's more encouraging is this is three years in a row now where we've talked about Chris Middleton off to a career start on the season that he just continues to get better and better. And the thing that we've noticed this season, not only the efficiency, that he's really gotten more and more efficient, basically had a 50-40-90 last season all the way up until that final seeding game. He's on that same pace so far this season. But what's jumped out to you most is what Chris has done as a playmaker and a facilitator this year, where we told you the six assists that he's averaging this season. He had twice as many as that tonight, a career-high 12 assists in the victory. But he is 0-5 from three-point. He was the only player in the game for the Bucks that did not hit a three-pointer. The Bucks hit 16 threes. Giannis had two of them, and Chris Middleton was 0-5. You take Chris Middleton out of the mix, and the Bucks were 16 of 35 on three. So uh, he just continues to get better, and all the chatter. I talked about this with Ben Golliver. It's gone now. If we think about two years ago asking, was Chris Middleton an all-star? Where does Chris Middleton rank? Is he a number two? Nobody is bringing that up anymore because Chris has, for two-plus years now, continued to silence all the doubters. Uh, mention his three-point shooting. Look, we have to talk about how incredible that defense was for the Bucks in the final three quarters that as the game started, I'm sure most people listening to this were rolling their eyes and thinking, here we go again. Same old Bucks defense because you give up 42 points in the opening quarter to a good offense, but not quite great. I mean, Denver has gone through a lot of the same things that the Bucks went through in the early going this season where Denver is still kind of figuring themselves out and, and they do in ways kind of remind me of a Bucks team from a couple of years ago which I want to bring up in a couple of minutes here but Denver's still going through those things where they're still figuring things out they had a lot of wholesale changes to their roster I mean Torrey Craig is in Milwaukee now he was starting in the playoffs for the Denver Nuggets obviously Jeremy Grant is gone and Plumlee is gone too so there's a lot of roster tur- turnover there for the Nuggets as well that it's probably going to take time for Denver to figure things out and get to that level that we've seen the Bucks at in recent years. So uh, still, what the Bucks were able to do to them, 42 points in the opening quarter, eight made threes, where the Nuggets were 8 of 12 on threes in that first quarter. And for the remainder of the game, they went 7 of 24. So they shot what almost over 50% on threes in that opening quarter. And 7-24, where they were 30% on threes in those final three quarters. It just goes hand-in-hand with, look, how much of it is luck? How much of it is scheme? Who knows? But the Bucks' defense, if we want to criticize the three-point shooting, which we certainly can with the volume that they continue to give up, we do also have to point out it has gotten better of late, and it gets better throughout the game. That's another encouraging part where, look, they're making adjustments. You can question whether or not they're making the adjustments too late. Maybe they should go to things full games instead of let's try this in the fourth quarter. But they do get better as the game went on. And for the final three quarters to give up just 70 points when the Nuggets came out of house on fire and scored 42 in that opening quarter, to give up 70 the rest of the way and only seven three-pointers, fewer than what the Nuggets made in all of the opening quarter, This defense, again, going back to the point we made at the top of the show, it's just continuing to find its footing here and get better and better now. So 
Uh, again, we hope Drew Holiday can rejoin this team relatively soon because the disappointing part for Drew Holiday is that the Bucks are really showing the signs of starting to figure this thing out now um, at, at you know one of the most opportune times with the most difficult stretch of the schedule in front of them. So strong play in the third quarter, which again has been a Bud staple and a Buck staple under Coach Mike Budenholzer, I should say, for the last couple of years. Strong play in the third defense continued to get better as the game went on which certainly is encouraging and a huge game from uh chris middleton in this victory also a couple of key takeaways on Giannis at the free throw line and brent forbes we got to point out what brent forbes has been doing for this team of late as well before we do that though we have to mention our friends at rock auto rockauto.com is how you find them it is a family-owned business They've been serving up auto parts to customers online for more than 20 years now. Just go to rockauto.com, shop for auto body and parts from hundreds of manufacturers. And I know certainly all of us Bucks fans listening in Wisconsin have auto care on the mind now with these temperatures dipping to frigid levels for this week. Rockauto.com has everything you need to maintain your car through these frigid temps. Their online catalog is unique, remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts they have available for your vehicle. Choose the brands, the specifications, the prices, everything you prefer. It's right there and easy to get to at rockauto.com. The best part about Rock Auto is their prices. They're always reliably low and the same for professionals and the do-it-yourselfers if that's you. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? You don't have to. Just go to rockauto.com. Go there right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. By the way, write Locked On for How Did You Hear About Us so they know Locked On Bucks sent you there. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. February is Black History Month, and the Lockdown Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and success of black men and women in sports with a new series called Lockdown Presents More Than the Game. This week, Candace Cooper of Lockdown Tar Heels and Erica Ayala of Lockdown Women's Basketball discuss the opportunities and challenges that come with being a black woman in sports. Subscribe to the Locked On Presents podcast feed on the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcast. Uh, Brent Forbes, 22-39 on three-pointers coming into the game tonight during that win streak. And we're going to reference a lot from the win streak, but 22-39 on threes. He was 3-6 of six tonight. So Brent Forbes, basically 50% that he is shooting on threes, 22-45. of 45. And I beg your pardon, it's since the Lakers game. So... In that Lakers game, Brent Forbes played 10 minutes, didn't attempt any threes, and since then, the Bucks have started to rattle off wins, number one, but Brent Forbes is 25 of 45 on three-pointers during that stretch. So it's, it's, it's not a huge sample size, but we're starting to add some more substance to that sample size for Brent Forbes. He talked about it before this game, uh, I should say after the Cavs game, talked about it in that, you know, I'm not doing anything differently. It goes back to the initial point we made about this team getting better and this team getting more comfortable with each other. I'm just kind of figuring things out, and I'm getting used to my teammates. I'm getting used to what's expected of me. A lot of that success is derived from Giannis, too. That, you know, that Cavs game where Brent Forbes was 6 of 6 on threes, 
he played 18 minutes, and about 10 or 11 of those minutes, he was sharing the floor with Giannis. And, and Bryn said after the game, it, it just makes things so much easier for me because the defense, it becomes pick your poison. Are they going to defend Giannis? Are they going to try and wall off the paint? Or are they going to pay attention to me and give up the easy basket to Giannis? This is everything that you had hoped you would get from Kyle Korver a season ago. You obviously don't expect Brent Forbes to be a 45% three-point shooter or flirt with 50%, which he's you know over 50% now in that stretch. You don't expect that just as you didn't expect 65% three-point shooting from Dante. But if you can get that reliable three-point shot, again, it goes back to what I had said before where the Bucks' differences between this year and last year are they have good shooters on this year's version of the team. In the years prior, they had guys that, yeah, he can shoot the ball. If you leave him open, yeah, he'll knock down a few of them. This version is full of guys that are much better shooters, and I think Brent Forbes certainly spotlights that for this team. So uh, what's also encouraging with Brent Forbes is his ability in the mid-range, where that's an area we have seen the Bucks embrace more and more of now. The, the last two years under Bud, it's been a gradual increase where that was kind of the feeling out curve that Chris Middleton had here with Coach Budenholzer, kind of, getting used to this system where that mid-range shot doesn't exist and that was chris's bread and butter well we've seen the bucks go to that more and more this season chris certainly can do that but Brent forbes as well i mean that's the area where Brent forbes has lived a three-point shot in the very very long twos while not ideal those are his comfort zones and what we've seen from bud is you have to concede that at times it may clash with your overall offensive philosophy, but if it gets the player going, as it does with Chris, sometimes you just have to concede that and let him have it. So Brent Forbes, uh, you know, the stretch that he's been on since the Laker game, you certainly can't ask for much more than what he's done here. And free throw shooting. The other thing I mentioned we got to get to with Giannis, by the way, 75% during this win streak for Giannis, 75% shooting at the free throw line, which is probably right in line with ideally if you had to pick a number of all right what do you want from Giannis here it's it's 75 percent if we can get him up to 70 75 percent at the free throw line I think most of us would be more than happy if he can reach that total so it's encouraging to see him putting together this stretch and granted he's had this before where he's had these stretches with a three-point shot if you go back to December of last year where he was shooting 40 percent on threes in the month of December He's had these stretches where he'll have the one for 10 from the free throw line, but he'll follow that up with a week or two where he's shooting 70, 75 percentage. You hope now he's able to sustain it just a little bit more. And look, if he can finish the season flirting with 70 percent at this point, I'll take that. And I think that may be best case scenario. The other thing I wanted to point out before we preview the game with the Phoenix Suns, you know, whenever the Bucks play the Denver Nuggets, it's interesting to me, and it's had some added interest since the playoffs last year because it just feels like there's so many similarities between these two teams. If you look at the makeup of the two stars that they have, with um, you know Nikola Jokic, who so far this season is playing MVP level basketball, and just the old, um, you know, what is Nikola Jokic? And you have people that don't necessarily realize how good he is or uh, aren't necessarily buying into how good Nikola Jokic is. And you, you'll always find the, the, the detractors and uh, kind of similar to what we experienced with Giannis. Same with the, the Jamal Murray and Chris Middleton conversation with, is Jamal Murray good enough? Is Chris Middleton good enough that we had to 
go through that for years. And granted, uh, Chris Middleton's numbers have been better than Jamal Murray's. But, I mean, I just go back to last year and think about Denver in the playoffs, where what winning that opening round series against the Utah Jazz did for them to propel them. And granted, their, their heaviest lifting came in the next round when they surprisingly beat the Clippers to advance to the conference finals. But look, if that final shot by Mike Conley doesn't rim out and the Denver Nuggets don't win that series, we're viewing this team a whole lot differently. That maybe Denver isn't this up-and-coming team that everybody's pointing to in the West, and maybe it is the Utah Jazz. And parts of that series did remind me of the Bucks and the Boston Celtics from three years ago, where the Bucks, granted, the Celtics weren't at full strength, but the Bucks and Celtics went to seven games. The Bucks had the talent. The Celtics, we pointed to the coaching and everything else and the intangibles. But the Celtics won that game, that series in seven games. And then we started to point to some of the young wings and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and guys that the Celtics had on that roster of you know what, this is the team. Kyrie Irving didn't play in that series, but Kyrie Irving, this is the team that could present some challenges and problems. Uh, and then, by the way, here come the Bucks that they win the East, or regular season East, uh, that following season, and they weren't getting any of that mention or attention. It kind of feels similar to what we saw between Denver and uh, Utah. So don't want to digress too much, obviously. It's this Locked On Bucks podcast and not the uh, Locked On Nuggets, but it's always struck me as fascinating and certainly interesting again to see it up close here against the Nuggets. Wednesday night, whenever you listen to this tomorrow night, it's going to be the Bucks and the Phoenix Suns. And that's going to be another interesting one because the Bucks traditionally have not played well in Phoenix. They had that 24-game losing streak that we pointed to. They did win five of six, but have since lost two in a row. So now Devin Booker, Chris Paul, the New Look Suns, Devin Booker with a huge game tonight as well so that's going to be another interesting one it's going to be even more interesting depending on the ability availability of drew holiday uh that's going to do it for me so for kane Pittman, i'm justin garcia we thank you for bearing with me through this we'll talk to you next time Today's episode of Locked on Bucks is brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful diamond ring, launching exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com. This exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launches on January 18th and you can preview it exclusively at BlueNile.com.